Good morning, good afternoon, good night. We're here to give you more life. Welcome to <laughs> Before Nine, the podcast. Oh, that's what we're doing? That's what we're doing. Oh. Mm, a little Lil Wayne for you. Okay. Okay, Go so Michonne. Lil Wayne. So I am following this woman. Who do you like Lil Wayne like that? I love the Carter album, the first one. Really? Yes. What do you love about it? <laughs> Go DJ. That's my DJ. I know oh, like the that's first, what that is. The first. I had no idea that. what you were just humming to. Well, you know. Now you know. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not hip like that. I'm an old man. I mean, that's not, that CD was from like 2000. Three, four, five, probably like four. Anyway. I just know him from um <laughs> From the, what? From Travel Lloyd. Like It's Hot? Uh-uh. From Lloyd. What? Lloyd. Stop. Wait a minute. That's what you know Lil Wayne for? Uh-huh. That's a travesty. That's when I really came to know who Lil Wayne was. Uh, okay. Because I was an army kid. Okay. And Lloyd was like, you know. And he from Decatur. Lloyd's from yeah, Decatur. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. I was watching his, we on a whole tangent, See? but I was watching his unsung. Uh-huh. Lloyd had an unsung? Lloyd has an unsung. Okay. And they had showed footage of this music video that he did when he was really young with this boy group he was a part of. Mm-hmm. And the music video was recorded in this old mall around the corner from where I grew up. And I was sitting there watching it, sitting in the room by myself, and I swear everybody in Santa Springs heard me. And I was like, that's Avondale Mall. <laughs> I know exactly what it is. I used to go to that mall. Yep. Mm-hmm. All that. Yep. It was a moment. Mm-hmm. Yep. Lloyd. Shout out to Lloyd. Canada, even though he got Louisiana roots. I didn't know that I have Louisiana roots. Mm-hmm. So. You that's were cool. in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was born in Louisiana. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. See, you never told me that. I was born in Metairie, Louisiana. See, the things that you hold back from me. I'm sorry. I thought we were, you know, I thought we had something special. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should know where I was born, Michonne. Well, I mean, you know, you know, you ain't telling me everything. Okay. Well, that's what this podcast is for, huh? Mm. You're right. Carry on. Okay. So I'm following this this uh, woman. Sorry on, to have interrupted you. That's okay. On Instagram. What's her name? I'm not gonna. Say, I'm not gonna say her name because <laughs> I have a love hate relationship with her. Like she is, um, she's she's cool. She's she's a plus size blogger, but now she's like abroad, and she has great style. Mm-hmm. But sometimes she posts things, and I'm kind of like, mm, I don't know if I agree with that or not. Mm. So anyway, she's married, mm-hmm. and she posts a, a photo of her and her husband, and the caption says, "My husband." And I don't have opposite sex friends, dot, 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 period. period. Outside of other couples, business and social acquaintances that we both know, the only female friend that he will ever need is me. <laughs> this is one reason wow. why I believe we've been able to stay happily married for 14 years. Wow. So. Wow. I what? have so many <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I was I like, all the opinions. It kind of annoyed me. That post kind of annoyed me. But I'm also not married, not even close to being married. But I feel like it was a bit much. So what, 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 what are your first thoughts on that? So the first thing that rang in my head as I was hearing you read that was this woman is insecure, huh. um, and I don't know her, and she might not be. But that was initially what came to mind for me. Like, what is so wrong? 
back up. We as human beings, one of the things that makes us who we are is that we have to have or we thrive off of or we are better when we have authentic connection and relationship with others. Uh Add to that as someone who a good portion of my career was spent doing diversity training, I also understand that when you are operating in homogenous spaces, it limits you and your perspectives and it it keeps you from growing, advancing, learning, Mm -hmm. thriving, et cetera. And so for her to think that they're better off as a married couple because they don't have friends of the opposite sex, for me, I'm like, that's a red flag. You're not learning anything. You're not being challenged in any way other than being around the same kind of people who think like you, look like Mm -hmm. you. Um, and operate in the same limited space. Mm-hmm. So how are you really thriving in the world? Because you're not being challenged in any other way. You're not having perspectives. And you very could, you very well could have different perspectives being poured into you from these other married couples. But there are perspectives also from non-married couples that I think benefit individuals in the world. And so I think it's slightly problematic in I a lot too. of ways. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts? Um... I'm interested in your perspectives being that one of your closest friends Mm -hmm. is in a fledgling relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, It's funny you ask that because I was actually thinking through that today, mm -hmm. um, earlier today and asking, of course I've asked her, like this is her first Mm -hmm. relationship Mm -hmm. and I've been checking in on her. Um, but she hasn't checked in on me. <laughs> she hasn't checked in on me to see like, hey, how are you processing? Mm-hmm. And it's okay, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I don't have an issue with it. But I'm like, how am I dealing with this? Because, uh-huh. you know, for those of you who don't know, Nikisha and I have been best friends since college. We've been best friends for, what, 12 Decades. years. And knowing each other for 14 years. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time either of us have been in the relationship over mm-hmm. the course of our whole friendship. Mm-hmm. We live together. We live together for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, we're like sisters. Yeah. And so... Um, it is a new dynamic in our friendship mm-hmm. um, that, of course, I'm okay with. I'm excited she's in a relationship that she's finally getting this experience. But I'm also trying to process, like, okay, now I have to share you have to my, share my buddy, with, my mm-hmm. partner, you know, with mm-hmm. someone who she wants to spend her time with, who she's romantically involved with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's good. Be- it, I'm okay mm-hmm. because I do like my alone time mm-hmm. and Nikisha likes to talk <laughs> and I'm not a big talker. Mm-hmm. Um, when I get home, I'm usually like, okay, I want to sit. I want to light a candle, read a book, watch TV and just be um, just to myself. She's not a big talker, but she's it, on a podcast. <laughs> right? This is where I talk. I talk to myself. I told Johnny earlier today that I talk to myself all the time. <laughs> um, do you answer yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Is it good advice? <laughs> It's always usually good advice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I don't, and I think, I think I, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. That kind of turned into something else. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, but I, it was I'm still okay. Going back to this woman and her post, um, this interesting dynamic of what it means to be in a relationship with people who are like you or different from you, and in what ways does that challenge? In what ways does that threaten? Um, and then how do we deal with those emotions around feeling threatened? Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that's a part of these limitations that they've placed upon each other. Um, especially when you think about, I guess, this age-old opinion that 
straight men just can't be friends with straight women. Like it's just impossible. Yeah. Like there has to be something going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in, in the LGBT world, I have friends who could not believe that me and a friend of mine used to share the same bed without being intimate. Cause it just made no sense to mm-hmm. them because of all the baggage that they placed upon um, what it means to be in relationship or close proximity. That if you are in close proximity like that, something has to happen. Mm-hmm. It's just impossible. And I'm like, that's just stupid. And that's childish. And that's a very limited way of thinking about connection, relationship, and what it means to be in relationship. Yep. To borrow a phrase from Jill Scott on the movie, why did I get married? But I, I just want to pray for you. But don't tempt me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Interesting. That was a good topic. And you were trying to keep that from me. I want to talk about this. I was. I and I actually had a whole you. article like lined up that I was taking notes about that kind of tied into it. But I was like, no, let's let's just let's just ride this on out. Well, I'm interested in what some of the article has to say, though, on so, what stood out for you. So the article, the article um, I, I came across the article separately from the, the post mm-hmm. that I saw on Instagram. But when I read them this week, they both kind of came together. And the article, basically, the title was... Um, what do you lose when you gain a spouse? Mm. And it just talked about how you, a lot of married couples isolate themselves. Mm -hmm. They lose community. Mm -hmm. And um, on the opposite end of things, single folks are more social. Mm -hmm. They try and find a community Mm -hmm. um, when they're not married. And so it just kind of, it tied into all of that. You do have some married couples who don't isolate as a couple. You have some married couples where one is out in the world and the other one isn't. And you have some married couples where both of them are highly social and always having people at the house and always going out and always just doing, 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 doing. Yeah, it's it's an interesting reality of just how different things really are. But we don't always think that. Yep. Marriage is something. Oh, God, that's a whole nother. Marriage just... (laughs) If y'all can stay single, stay single for as long as... Stop telling folk that, (laughs) (laughs) says the married person. I love my husband. I really do. We know. Mm -hmm. And we'll stop there before I get in trouble. (laughs) We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, y'all, we back. Uh, Are you going to do this commercial? Oh yeah, let's let, let me let's let's do this commercial. Okay, so y'all hear how good we sound, right? And that's all thanks to our sound, our wonderful, amazing sound technician, yes, Johnny. And um, Johnny is not just a sound tech. Johnny is like the Renaissance man. He is a complete Renaissance man. He's a filmmaker. Yep. He's a manager. He's a photographer. He's a photographer. An amazing photographer. He's a moderator. Yeah. He's just like. Just everything all in one. But And he is blessing our podcast. He is <laughs> blessing our podcast and blessing us and blessing you. So if you want to check out Johnny, and I know you want to check out Johnny, he also has a slew of podcasts that are amazing as well. Check him out at static.com. That is S-T-A-T-I-C-C dot com. That was good. We are living single in a 90s kind of world. I'm glad I got my girl. What? That's right. (laughs) (laughs) We got issues. So we're back. Um, And so in this next segment, I wanted to bring up, there's this article that a good friend of mine shared on Facebook. 
um, in the Paris Review, and the name of the article is called The Crane Wife. And so I'm not going to read the whole article mm-hmm. because it's just, it's a very long article. But I literally sat, it's been a long time since I've sat and read an entire article. But it's just, it was that good. Okay. So the synopsis of this article is, there's this woman, her name is C.J. Hauser. Um, and she tells, so she does this very interesting thing. Somebody cutting grass, y'all. Um, and they getting in their life. But it's like late to be cutting it's, grass. It's hot, though. So I they know. had to wait so like, to, the, to the sun. But it's still hot. Blessing. They should have done it earlier in the morning. Well, maybe they were asleep. They might have had church this morning that mm-hmm. Sunday. Finish telling me about CJ Hauser. <laughs> That's what you're going to do? Mm-hmm. I want to know. Come on. Exactly. Mm hmm. Because he's a crane wife. So, <clears throat> CJ Hauser, she pairs these two experiences um, in one overall story. And it's almost like she's having these revelations, but she doesn't realize that she's having these revelations as she's having them. But now that she writes about them, she has had it's the revelation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, CJ had been with this man for many, many years. I can't remember how long they had been together. Um, but over the course of their relationship, they end up getting engaged. And 10 days before their wedding day, she calls off the wedding. And then she goes on this safari, almost like, where they are studying the habitats of cranes, the bird. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of studying the habitat of cranes, she talks about how in order to study cranes, you have to study like where they eat what kind of foods they're eating, the water that they're in, because I guess cranes are really close to becoming an endangered species mm. or something. Um, and so in the midst of studying these cranes, she is also interacting with these other people that are also on this expedition, these very random people. Some of them are scientists. Some of them are not. One of them is this really old man who his favorite part of going on these excursions is happy hour. <laughs> um, there's another woman who is a much younger woman, blonde woman, much older guy, et cetera, et cetera. And she's sharing the experiences of being around these people in between telling these stories about her relationship with her ex-fiance. Okay. She talks about the ways in which she wanted these things from her ex-fiance. She wanted him to tell her she was pretty. She wanted him to tell her that she was beautiful. She wanted him to express himself. And he didn't really feel as though he had to or needed to. And when she would ask him about it, he would be like, if I didn't think you were pretty, I wouldn't be with you. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't be with you. I shouldn't have to tell you I love you. Um, But she needed these things. She needed that from him. And she started convincing herself over the period of the relationship that That she she didn't didn't need need those Mm -hmm. things. What was so amazing to me in this article is she's telling these stories and she's going back and forth of being on the expedition with the cranes and revelations that she's had. And she tells a story about how her ex-fiance had cheated on her um, with a friend of a close friend of theirs, and but she didn't find out till like a year after the relationship had been going on, and she later found out that he had been having like unprotected sex with this mm. woman, and so he can't understand why she's upset about it because it happened so long ago <laughs> and it wasn't an issue anymore. But she says something in the article. She tells this story about how they were leaving this site um, and they would see these pigs, these wild pigs on their 
on their um, drive back from where they were observing the cranes to where they were staying. And every now and every time they would see four, maybe five, maybe six pigs. And so they were betting to see who would be right. And she said, we're going to see three or four pigs. And then this other guy was like, we're going to see 20. And everybody laughed. And she, the way she paints the picture, like everyone is slapping the seat, hitting it's their head, weak. just like <laughs> falling apart. Because they're like, there's no way we're going to see 20 pigs. And then they actually see 20 pigs. Mm-hmm. And so she talks about how we refuse to allow ourselves to imagine anything. We don't give ourselves permission to imagine anything above and beyond what we just sort of see as potentially realistic mm-hmm. and how we keep ourselves from really living because we don't um, give ourselves the permission to think beyond what we think is even possible. Mm-hmm. And she almost pairs this to how this relationship um, has made her this way, like stifled her imagination, stifled her her creative, her stifled her just desire to live. Um, it was just reading this was just very impactful for me because it was just sort of bringing to life this where I am in my life of wanting, like I tell my therapist all the time that one of the things I crave in life is freedom. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what does that mean? What does that look like? And I'm like, I just want to be free. I want to be able to do and dream and accomplish and not be limited by my own fears, not be limited by my own doubts, not be limited by other people, mm-hmm. not be stifled by other people or my voice be, 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 be squelched. I just want to just sort of be as I, as I feel as though I'm supposed to be my spirit just free, my mind and my heart is free. And so I read this article and I was just like, Oh my God, this is so amazing. Like, did, did CJ say two things? Did she say, did she ever identify why she was the way she was? Like, why did she allow these people, namely her ex-fiance, to just treat her like trash is what it essentially sounds like? And then did she ever say, I'm sure being on the crane expedition gave her, you know, these revelations that you mentioned, but how did she move from where she was when she was with the, the fiance to being this actualized, you know, person who um, was free to do whatever she felt like, free to be who she wanted to be, who she deserved to be treated like, you know? So it's not clear. Mm -hmm. Um, As I was reading it, I was reading it as if this was new for her, that this was recent. But it very well could have been. I mean, this could have happened 10 years ago, and then she decided to write about it. I don't know. But I was reading it as if she was still having revelations. Okay. She was still coming to a realization. I don't think in the midst of being on this crane expedition that she had fully, really had the revelation of her transformation until after she sat down to write about it. Okay. Um, She says at the end of it, um, she tells a story about um, being out on a boat with a couple other people. And one of the guys who was driving the boat had overheard her conversation with someone else earlier about her marital, her premarital issues and decided while they were on the boat to let her drive the boat. And that was really big for her. And she said at the end of it, 
Recruits past small islands, families of pink roseate spoonbills, garbage tankers swarmed by seagulls, fields of grass, and wolfberries. And I realized it was not that remarkable for a person to understand what another person needed. Hmm. So she was having mm-hmm. that revelation mm-hmm. um, in the midst of it yeah. and then writing about it only further. Because then even in the midst of all of this, of telling about this expedition and these issues in her relationship, she tells this story. Apparently there's a story called The Crane Wife, where this crane had fallen in love with this man but knew that the man wouldn't be with her because she was a crane. And so she would pluck her feathers Mm. every day. So he wouldn't see her as a bird. And so she's also having, it's almost like she was connecting to, she has plucked her feathers Mm -hmm. to be with this man. Mm -hmm. So he would love her Mm -hmm. in the way that she thought he wanted to love Mm -hmm. her, not in the way she she needed needed. to be loved and not be accepted and embraced. So, we all do it. We all pluck our feathers. That part got me, like, because I'm like, I can see it and feel the pain, like, because that's painful. Mm-hmm. Like, it's painful to pluck my eyebrows. Mm-hmm. So imagine plucking feathers. And she, and she and she explicitly says, the crane plucks its feathers one by one with its beak. That is every night. The imagery of that is like, yeah, it's it's, it's impactful. Yeah. It's painful to, to, to hide who you are. Yeah. So very much so. Mm-hmm. For someone else's comfort, someone yeah. else's happiness, someone else's pleasure. Yeah. Um, the pains that we go through to have others be okay with who we are. Mm-hmm. That'll preach. It preached. You just preached it. Worship. Come on, church, and let's go home. Let's go home. Come on, church, and let's go home. Come on, church. Um, so are we taking a break or are we just gonna We can um let me get my quote ready. Yeah. <laughs> she talking about let me get my quote ready. You should have been ready already. Well, you did all that talking and my uh computer went dead. Okay. So, friends, as we close out today's episode. Remember the words of Roland Powell and Jesse Jackson. I ain't going back and forth with you niggas. I am somebody. Hey! <laughs> come on! Don't you forget it. You are somebody, baby. Somebody play that organ. Hey, hey, hey. Before not the podcast. Y'all be good. We out. Bye.